0: This is an extremely interesting idea about how we could sort of reopen society. On the other hand, to many people, it sounds like a dystopian hellscape when it comes to privacy and civil liberties. So if you, Paul, could walk us through a little bit of this, because I know you have an opinion on it, then we can chat.
1: One thing the pandemic has taught me is to have fewer opinions, (laughs) but it is fascinating. (laughs)
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, how's it going? I'm Paul. Hi, Sarah. Back. It's pretty good. How are you?
2: Good. How was your weekend? Did you have a nice weekend in the woods?
0: I did the Zoom Passover uh, last week, which is nice. Spent most of the weekend out in the wilderness. I went to a sculpture garden in a field. Whoa. So.
2: Oh, is that like King something? What is it called? Storm King?
0: Storm King. Yeah, it's similar. Not Storm King, but the a different version of that. Wow,
2: yeah. there's more than one
0: of those. But yeah, how about your all weekends? What happened uh, in New York City? Zoom family stuff.
1: Oh, you know. Just a fun place to be right now. Mm-hmm. Just a great great city. 6
0: hour waits at the Whole Foods I hear.
1: We have a good plan around that. Like we we've got like a whole system with going to Fairway and mm-hmm. getting it all set up. We're very lucky in that we have a car. Whoa. So that that makes it Yeah. Are you
2: a millionaire?
1: <laughs> a zillionaire. And we have a parking space. We have a parking space in the basement. Anyway, yeah, I mean it's 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 tough times all around. I'm not really We're kind of all muddling through it's a little rough to find out that school is canceled for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. so we're we're getting our heads around that
2: yeah as parents what does that mean for you
1: it means that we need to plan around educating and managing our children every single day from now until there is some relief and we can maybe send them to summer camp so it's a little it's a lot yeah it's a lot
0: I mean, normally, it's funny. I was thinking about this. In some ways, it's been interesting and good. Like I said, my sons are getting along better than they ever have. And I realized during a usual weekday in New York, we see each other for 45 minutes in the morning. Then we go to school and work for eight hours or more. Then we see each other for two hours in the evening. And then we go to sleep. So three hours, three, four hours a day, we see each other. And now 14 hours a day, we see each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just That's like, and we're trying to balance work and parenting and st- you know, keeping everybody healthy and happy. I mean, in some ways, it's like, this really wild trip that we're back on where it's like, oh, this is like, you know, primitive people. We just, we're, we're getting more in sync with each other, I think in some ways as a family, because we have no choice, but yeah, canceling school and the possibility that summer camps will not be an option means as a parent, you got to swallow hard and think about what you're going to, how you're going to make all that productive time for your kids.
1: Well, last night I, I sat down with my wife and I said, I love you and my family, but I'm joining Cobalt Force.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go to the front lines.
1: Yes. Begin procedure, honey. It's not enough anymore. I need to get, I'm putting on a short sleeve button down shirt and I'm going to the state of New Jersey and I am doing my I'm charging
0: up my graphing calculator. I'm sharpening my protractor. So we talked about this last let's be, week. Let's be <laughs> mindful,
1: by the way. There are people in the state of New Jersey working on this like 24 yeah. hours a day. Yes. Like this is not yes. like we're like, ah, dee da, you know, Cobol, Cobol, Cobol. It is there is a lot going on. Yes.
0: Let's catch people up. So time is of the essence to the governors from New Jersey and Connecticut and Kansas.
2: Wow. Those are the three states,
0: huh? Uh, at least three. Yeah. Uh, overwhelmed processing unemployment ca- claims run on Cobol. So they've asked for volunteers and IBM says they will offer free Cobol training. <sighs> And I know a lot of people probably right now are looking for jobs. So there may be a good union there where people are like, I'm out of work. And they're like, we're going to give you free training. And they're like, we need people to work. And so maybe we can get organized and funnel some people to the right place. But yeah, the clip this morning from Bloomberg, what everybody's talking about was not very sensitive An ancient computer language, they said, which seems unfair. I think ancient things are older is creating problems. Claims for jobless benefits in Oklahoma are taking weeks to process because of a mainframe computer that runs on a six-year-old programming language called COBOL. Connecticut, New Jersey have also run into problems. It's a disaster, said Mohamed Ezeldin, a COBOL expert for the IRS. COBOL is difficult to learn and was not designed for the internet. College graduates like to learn something easier, and I cannot blame them. I mean, that seems right. Not Not a very proactive take.
2: Yeah, I can't imagine that any college graduate is like hyped on COBOL. (laughs) I think though the the IBM training, I don't think a college graduate is gonna be able to walk into this situation and be super helpful because I think what we're not looking at is like we need people to write Hello World in COBOL. And if that was the case, then great. Let's get all the new grads on it. But what's what I can imagine is the level of technical debt of a application that has been built over 40 years. You need some senior engineers that are going to go in there and have seen some stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's Sarah's Sarah's point is really good. It's never the syntax. It's the environment. Yeah. Right. That's, that's what you're going to struggle with. It's going to be layers and layers of business rules and business logic. So look, what this does bring to mind, and I, I'm sure there's one out there, but maybe it's time for the... Undergrad or graduate degree in like legacy oh, systems man. engineering. Wow!
0: <laughs>
2: like like the one hundred and one <laughs> class is n- no, don't build a
0: new one. Yes. You're the twelfth. It's like person study, you're studying a dead language. That. You know yeah. you want to you want to learn Latin or Greek? We will teach that at this university.
1: <laughs> That's right. Like just assume like that there is because that need is absolutely there and it will be there for our entire lifetime. In the future, it'll be Java, just as it's Cobol today yeah. or or whatever.
0: So let's run this back a little bit. What about this situation would cause things to sort of glitch up and not be able to get restarted in a simple fashion, just a glut of applications? Like, what about that? I I guess just the sheer volume is the issue. And then that seems like maybe a simple issue to fix. I don't know. It's
2: like you have a house and you're like, I'm going to throw a bathroom on here. And so you like cut (laughs) a door in your wall and you just get to like taping this bathroom on the side of your house. And what has happened yeah. is the foundation isn't there. Your house is not doesn't have the stability to hold on this random bathroom. And there's yeah. now there's 20 of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And there, there's just that one Yeah. (laughs) That's like going on. That's been spread out like 30 different directions. Right. Right.
0: Right. So you're like, okay, to fix the situation, we need to rebuild the pipe and spread it 20 ways. But of course, when you take down the pipe, you break the other thing and the foundation's already leaking and rickety. And so, right. Like you can't fix it to address the scale without breaking and then refixing a bunch of other things.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, yeah, as Paul said, this is a situation where sometimes we make light of what's going on, but Obviously, you know, paying people their unemployment and making sure that they can put food on the table is vital right now. So shout out to everyone who's working on this. Shout out to IBM for offering free training. And hopefully programmers, old and new, young and old, can find something productive to do with their time if they are out of work or if they have spare time.
1: Shout out to IBM.
0: Shout out to IBM. Shout out to the mainframe. (laughs) (laughs) So, Paul, you had another topic you wanted to bring up, and this is something I've been hoping to write about on the blog this week, and and I've been looking through the network for questions. The big tech news last week was that Apple and Google joined forces and announced that they were basically going to introduce some protocols for Bluetooth that would allow you to build an app, which could be a powerful sort of foundation for contact tracing. So in places like South Korea and Iceland and other areas where they managed to Very aggressively battle the pandemic, and then are now working to reopen society. What they do is, if somebody tests positive, they immediately work to quarantine that person, and then figure out every single person who was near them for the last two weeks. Test those people, and if any of them test positive, quarantine them. So contract tracing requires you to know where somebody was and who they were around. And as it turns out, you know we have our smartphones with us at all time that gathering this sort of data at the cell tower level, which is accurate to a few hundred feet, or at the Bluetooth level, which can be accurate if it's talking to other phones, to sub-meter.
1: Here's what I understand so far, and I think everyone is wrapping their head around this, although there are no shortage of opinions online. Google and Apple, which if you don't know them, are are two companies that make technology products Mm -hmm. such as billions and billions of phones, are working together to first make an app and then make something that's a little lower level, sort of at the like at the operating system level. Yeah. So the, the app, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's hard to tell what the app is. I think like you're going to hit some buttons and say, I've got COVID or not. Yeah. It's going to be a little like that. The Bluetooth is very interesting because what it means is as you walk around, it will keep track of where you have been. And it will do that by kind of, it's almost blockchain-y in the way that it's doing it but not in, the, in like a bitcoin way but like it's going to continually kind of hash values as to where you are and it will then be able but that will be recorded locally on your phone that's not going up to the cloud so i mean it's sort of ironic cuz google and apple already know everywhere that you've been but nonetheless they're <laughs> going to keep this on your phone and then if somebody in that in that sort of history of hashes identifies positive for covid you will be informed. It will be able to go like, whoa, hold on a minute. I just found out that this hash, this moment in time, you came in contact with somebody, you were close to somebody who had COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality of this, and if you look around, like there's a a very good set of questions here. Like, okay, in an abstract way, privacy preserving, phones talking to each other, using good math, this is possible and feasible and could really, really work. Like it's not, it's definitely not, like it's not a bad idea. But then we know what happens when things get implemented, right? So people are raising issues about like, you know, what happens when Russia wants to convince everybody in New York City they have COVID, right? You could fake this. You could say, I've got it. And then in a dense environment like this, if you've been on the train with somebody and all the Bluetooth devices have talked to each other, And then they've gone and and met with other people. Like You'll hit a million people in about every time you hit that button. So what does that mean and how does that work? I mean, I think what it probably means practically is that this might not be as effective in very dense areas, which is unfortunate because it's where we we need it. And it would be very effective in, in sort of places where you go to the store and there's lots of space at the store and you don't you can stay away from people. So, and I mean, it'll, it'll encourage social distancing. So anyway, I just, we're about to enter into a very weird world. Like you've already got Apple producing face masks and, yeah. you know, you can see they've made their own COVID protection mask and they're distributing and it's all in like, like nice Apple design has been applied to the instructions. Yeah. Who's done uh, the unboxing on that?
0: I'd love to see that. Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> right. unboxing
1: video. That's, right. That's the thing. We're in such a surreal world and it's so, <laughs> it's both it's both sort of deadly serious and also just kind of hilarious because of we've done this to ourselves. Right.
0: And yeah, will The Verge be doing face mask reviews if Apple and Google produce them? I assume that they'll have to. That seems like something they'll have to do. The hands-on.
1: I mean, they they have to cover it, <laughs> you know. And then you've got venture capital folks online just telling us that they and Galileo are responsible for preserving society. Oh god, same. Yeah. Also, the, and the last bit, too, is just like everyone's like, well, no, 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 no. We, we really like capitalism, but not when we're about to lose all our equity. So right. yeah. maybe, come on now.
0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stack Overflow for Teams, the best way to organize and share knowledge across your company. It's used by small startups and some of the biggest companies in the world today. It's free on the basic tier until June 30th with no credit card required. Head on over to stackoverflow.com slash teams and check it out. Uh, Sarah, what do you think about the the Apple Google thing? What's your take on it?
2: It's a little more elegant than I imagined it, Paul, as you described it. In the fact that the data is going to live on your phone, I think a big concern is, you know, is this constantly going up to the cloud? And so people, what you're saying is people are electing in, like if they wake up with the symptoms, they're like, oh no, I have COVID, hit the button. That's going out to everyone.
1: That's my rough understanding right now. Like the documentation available on this is a spec from Apple about how the Bluetooth implementation will work. Right. So it's, and I'm not. I don't implement Bluetooth devices for a living, so so. But I mean, yeah, the rough the rough outline of it is something like that. Like you're you're looking at lots of semi anonymous hashes. It's all the good decentralized privacy preserving stuff we've been talking about forever.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I think I would be surprised if the city stuff if they didn't figure that out because I found Apple and Apple Maps and things like that to be super intuitive to things like when I'm on a train. Mm-hmm. So Mm. things like that, it might make sense to say, okay, we don't need everyone in 100 meters of this person. We need everyone in like two meters of this person. Right. Right. And then I guess you do get to a million pretty fast, but I don't know. I guess we'll see.
1: To me, it's like the the hacking and the trolling and so on are going to apply in this situation because anyone can say, I have COVID, I guess, semi-anonymously, and that can set off a trigger. So it just depends. Although, you know, again, you say all that, but- they just, in LA, 95% of people who were asked said, no, it's good. We're staying indoors and we will follow the rules, right. right? Like here, people are are genuinely trying to preserve themselves and each other. So that could happen digitally. Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe you get a scenario where, you know, you, for, first of all, you have to opt into this app. So we hope everybody in the same way that everybody opted into staying home would opt in so that we can have a network that's dense enough to work or complete enough to work. And then second as you pointed out, yeah, when you have the symptoms or you're given a positive test, it's up to you to decide, okay, I want to alert everybody. Like I want to be part of this, you know, network that's protecting all of us. You can you can choose not to opt in. It's not mandatory top down like the government finds out and you're reported or your phone goes off, which is the way I believe it works in some other societies that have implemented this. It's not a choice, it's mandatory. And then I I also think Paul, I'm not positive about this, but I think that Apple and Google if they're building an app, it's just a proof of concept that they have said clearly we're not going to be the ones to own this this has to be owned by a neutral party or a government agency because you know because nobody would 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 want it from them necessarily to trust them but if they build the cryptographic base and the bluetooth base that's a big head start
1: i mean they're not the experts in the same way that the cgc is right like right. we need they need to be working for the government in collaboration mm. there's a lot of signs right now that they are right like that that that's what they want to do you know, there's, there's two frameworks when we talk about big tech now, and it's sort of tricky, which is there is big tech that needs all of your information at all times to sell ads. And then there is, like, these mega platforms that have enormous cultural impact. And it's complicated to parse them out. Like, the thing that they're doing now, if they had done it Without COVID, we would all be freaking the hell wow. out, even <laughs> yeah. if it was anonymous. Right?
0: If this was a if this was an RFP for a government project, we yeah. we'd, we'd be like drag them in front of the Senate and get these guys out of here. Right.
1: No, that's right. And so you got to wrap your head around all this. And then it's like, you know, somebody's got to go on TV and explain, like, it was hard enough for people to understand social distancing and exponential doubling. Someone's got to go on TV and explain cryptographic hashing Yeah. yeah. At, the, at the OS level in Bluetooth. Yeah. Like three or four things that if you asked me to stand up in front of a room and explain them, I would just start to sweat uncontrollably.
2: <laughs> well, the biggest fear I think is always in 2006, AOL anonymized and released all their search data. And a lot of really, really smart people did that and were like, this is anonymous. What we're doing is anonymous. You can't trace it back. And in theory, that made a ton of sense. But it turns out people were easily able to use that data to figure out who was searching. Mm. And this seems like one of those cases to me where like, okay, you know, if it's it's hashed two ways, if I don't know who I have in contact with my phone and I just have a hash and all those things. It seems like we won't be able to figure out who these people are, but could we?
1: You're one bad upload away from disaster, right? Like, as long as everything is truly on the phone, but then it'll be like, wow, we aggregated the phone backups using phone backup aggregator. (laughs) You know, you're you're just like, ah. Yeah,
0: I connected this to my uh, Facebook account because I thought it would let me play Zynga with people. And uh, Yeah, yeah, there you go.
1: That AOL moment, was truly profound like people may not remember um, incredible. that but so yeah the scientists at AOL they're like hey you know here's search data for you to you, use in like machine learning any kind of right.
2: way yeah yeah and, super helpful anonymized data
1: and then once and then it was just like yeah no this is a woman named like Sally who lives at 345 privately. Lane <laughs> it was bad because it turns out you can learn things what from people hemorrhoids through last month. right yeah, like the, there was, they found a murderer. Oh my yeah, God. it was somebody who was just like right. like kept searching how to murder your wife, oh and then God. they figured out who. Oh yeah,
0: best way to get away with murdering your wife.
1: I may be remembering that. With, <laughs> it was definitely somebody who was no, it was definitely somebody doing like planning to do the murders, right. but uh, I may be remembering it just a little bit simplified. <laughs>
0: like, if we can look at some recent examples, you know, all of these people submitted their genetic material to you know twenty three andme and whatever, whatever. And then we learned quickly that, you know, you could work back from there to a second, to a third cousin, to a fourth cousin, to the Golden State serial killer, right? Like, you you know, this, this stuff is supposed to be anonymized, but you can start to do this pattern matching that becomes really powerful. And I think it was only a few months before, you know, we entered in this sort of new pandemic era, Paul, as you're pointing out, like we were very suspicious of big technology. And the New York Times did a huge expose where people leaked them these phone location records, which are... Unfortunately, resold in a number of cases to like weird data brokers and other unscrupulous characters and go out to bounty hunters. And they were like clearly showing, look, if we wanted to, we could track these high level cabinet members as they go to this meeting and then this football Mm -hmm. game and then this is their home and this is where they have affairs. And like, you know, it, it, it was very easy for them to do this sort of ungodly level of surveillance.
1: That is our real world. In this case, it's interesting because here are – here. I mean, Google, the giant advertising company, and Mm -hmm. Apple, the enormous phone company, are saying, like, no, you know, we – I mean, it turns out they've known all along, right? Like, (laughs) like, we could make a decentralized, anonymized way of (laughs) – Influencing and understanding human behavior, I, I guess. Funny I enough,
2: get, we just happened to have it <laughs> <You've> <laughs> prototyped over here.
1: Yeah, this library over here is working great. Yeah. This is the weirdness of this moment, right? Is it makes, uh, it's not clear. Ideological lines are very, very blurry. Commercial lines are very, very blurry. And that's getting... That's turning into the code that people are writing. Right.
2: Yeah, it's like a TSA situation, right? Like
1: mm-hmm. when
2: 9-11 happened, and it was super important to make sure no one with sneaker bombs was going on to flights. It was great, but now it, I have to give an extra hour to go to the airport, mm-hmm. and then they haven't caught anything. You know, like they're not. It's kind of security theater, and I have to, yeah, you know, bake two extra hours into my <laughs> flight time.
1: Yeah, less of, less of a concern now, though, Sarah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you're right. I don't. I'm less afraid. I'm more afraid of bringing my wine, you know, across state lines than I uh, am. Sneaker bombs.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny to imagine. And I hope this wasn't the case that they Apple and Google had this on a shelf that said, like, not good for business break in case of global pandemic, you know, you open this now or whatever. But
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. <laughs> if you if you look through stack or you look through open source code, there's a million things on the shelf yeah. that you can you can break at any time. Yeah. The real challenge, right? This is what's interesting. So uh, take Signal as an example, relatively decentralized, anonymized chat app. And for a long time, it was very cool and it worked pretty well, but it, it just like was kind of clunky compared to any kind of messengering app. And then it got money. It got money from the guy who founded WhatsApp, and it got products, product leadership, and it really kind of came together. And now it's basically as good as any other messengering app, mm-hmm. but it's, it's much more anonymous and i think about that a lot like the the gap between the slightly more utopian open future is is essentially product leadership like <laughs> hey you know like oh but all the decentralized stuff kind of works like you saw with with, with bitcoin bitcoin like was untradeable for eight zillion months. And then people started to make nice interfaces and you could just kind of click some buttons and suddenly it just exploded. And so what you're seeing is all these ideas that have been floating around for like anonymized, you know, communication between individuals and tracking and abstract decentralized social network type of stuff being applied with really good product leadership from the two best product companies in the world.
0: All right. So I think that's plenty for an episode. Let me just quickly Google here and see if there's any questions that we can read that people have been asking on Stack Overflow or other places about this. Paul, does this have a name or no? This like protocol? Um, Hold
1: on. I will tell you. Let me see.
0: iBeacon and Android seem to have a bunch of... I found one here. Can I use Apple and Google's contact tracing spec? I want to use it to support COVID as described, but when I try to use these APIs in Xcode, the classes are not found. And then there's an answer. So folks are getting to work on it on Stack Overflow and asking and answering questions about how you can build.
1: Wait, wait, wait. They, they were expecting it to be in Xcode already? <laughs> yeah, everybody needs to chill out. I mean, it takes like a, you know, that's like a nine gig download. It hasn't even finished. They haven't even like started downloading that yet.
0: Well, this was asked yesterday and answered and accepted. What okay. was the,
1: wait. What's the answer?
0: These APIs are so far just draft proposals, announced April 10th. The APIs for iOS have not been published as of this writing and cannot be used. Apple will need to distribute new frameworks, probably with a new release of Xcode, before developers can use these APIs. What's more, the latest version of iOS 13.1.4 disallows transmitting the custom Beacon Bluetooth advertising format. See, Apple was going the other way because they were the privacy company that didn't track you before they were like, hey, if it's helpful, we can track you. (laughs) So as a result, Apple will almost certainly have to release a new version of iOS to. Make this possible
1: what I am seeing though if you look at the API it is pretty wild because it's like CT state set request for contact tracing. So yeah. it's so bizarre to see the world this messed up thing we're in translated into code. But there it goes.
0: Yeah Apple was going wow. the other way but uh, the Android beacon library was ready to do this and at a moment's notice.
1: Oh, Android's <laughs> been, this is like the Android, Android OS has just been like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Void, get contact info with handler. It is, it is all happening. Add, po- oh my God. Add positive diagnosis keys, NSRA. Oh, like wow. it's, yeah, welcome to it. There. Oh no, there's set. Reco- oh, CT exposure detection session. There you go. That More is the-
2: chaos you could create if you could do
1: oh, that, in there, oh. Uh people are going to, we're going to watch this part of the future play out in real time, right in front yeah. of us.
2: <laughs> Tune in next week. Oh gosh.
1: Yeah. For even more.
0: Okay. Well, so yeah, if you have questions about this or thoughts about it, you can share them with us. Podcast is stackoverflow.com. You can ask them on Stack Overflow or some of our stack exchanges. The conversation is happening. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see who is among the first to, as, produ- uh, as Paul said, productize this. Like, who's going to be the first out of the gate to say, like, look, we built a working version. You can try it out. You, you know, we can learn from this um, and maybe iterate on it. So that is pretty interesting because it it could and should be the government, but Pro- probably also will not be them who go first out of the gate because other folks can move faster, right?
1: Look, flat out, this is the single most interesting thing to happen in giant tech in a long time. Yeah. This is wild. Yeah.
0: Sarah, do you have any more thoughts on this before I switch over to lifeboats?
2: Uh, Nope. Okay. it up.
0: All right. We're at 997 lifeboats. We're so close. It seems like people there's been a lot in the last week. I guess maybe people are online. Angular includes CDN in component usage. Thank you to David. How to remove common values from two array lists. Thank you to old curmudgeon. And how do I round millions and thousands in JavaScripts? Thank you to Paul Sweat. So quite a number of great lifeboats there.
1: Paul Sweat.
0: Paul Sweat. Paul Sweat. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and listening. We hope you're well. We hope uh, you and yours are staying safe. We know these are trying times. So thanks for listening. I'm Ben Popper, Director of Content at Stack Overflow, and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Popper.
2: Uh, I'm Sarah Chips. You could reach me at SarahJChips on twitter.com. Check out devaroundthesun.org. We're planning a full day of remote festivities and learning to raise money for folks affected by COVID
1: very cool oh that's great is that you or stack or who's doing that
2: uh it's me and a bunch of other folks
1: awesome awesome that's great let me i'll tweet it you know just tell me and i'm paul ford i'm a friend of stack overflow i'm the co-founder of a product development studio called postlight check me out at f train on twitter awesome